Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dancing time is here. That's right, we're talking about cats. I'm not, I'm not even fucking with you. On Kill by Kill. Greetings and salutations, Internet. Your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from just below the heavy side layer. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where normally we talk about the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the most horrifying film of 2019 to some, if not all of the people involved in this particular podcast, and that is Cats. A, a real film, everyone. Um, but don't worry, there is a death involved in it, so we will discuss it. And of course, there's only one person I trust. Uh, if I see that uh, I need someone who's railway related, she'll tap dance her way into a job description. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I, I thank you so much for for using that reference because that is the only part of this movie that I like. <laughs> He is a competent, you know, tap dancer. That's the only part of this movie that feels like an actual, like, Broadway musical. <laughs> yeah. Um, everything else kind of feels uh, insane. Um, that's neither here nor there. Now, Gina, I don't want to alarm you, but I've brought somebody else into the Jellicle Ball. That's right. Um, you know him. You love him. He's the host of many, many podcasts, uh, not the least of which would be Horror Queers. But, of course, uh, you might know him as uh, one of the most beloved returning champions of Kill by Kill, the one, the only Joe Lipset. How are you doing today, Joe? I hate you both so <laughs> much. You love me, Joe. Stop it. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. I was gonna what say you, you you introduced him, you know, as, as you know, joining the Jellicle Ball, so now he has to start rolling all over the floor and, and according to the the captions, rhythmically breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's not just a jellical ball, it's some sort of tantric jellical ball. <laughs> oh, naturally. I mean, this is, weirdly, like the horniest movie we've ever watched. And like we covered Scream for Help. That was a very horny it, film. It, it's, and the I feel most, like it's the most horniest. It's the most incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that implies that there is some sort of comprehensible version of Cats. So before we get into the history of what this supposedly is, Joe, what was your introduction to Cats the Musical? So interestingly enough, I grew up with this property. My mm -hmm. mom raised my sister and I on Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, but we had like the cast recording of this and like we had like Miz and a couple of other ones. So like I listened to this on somewhat regular rotation and mm -hmm. I've seen it. Like, I've seen the stage production twice, once as yeah. a child, once as a teenager. The first time I very much enjoyed it because I was like, I like cats and I like musicals. And the second sure. time I realized, oh, this is a garbage musical because it's <laughs> just cats introducing themselves for like two fucking hours. <laughs> um, yeah, it is pretty wild. I will say for me. It works better on the stage. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, than yeah. it does in a movie because it's an old-fashioned review. You know, it's mm -hmm. a park and bark where 
the person who's who it needs to be introduced wanders to the center of the stage. They put a spotlight on them. Yeah. They're like, this, I'm a cat. This is what I do. This is the stereotypical things that all cats that are like me that do. And all the weird, racist, and bigoted oh implications God. that come with that. And I'm done. Move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and because it's in the upper cinium, and they're they're just it's just garbage behind them. It kind of fucking works. Like a bunch of people in a shiny leotards doing cool dances. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. that sure. That's perfectly fine. When they start to look even remotely real, it just it it the train falls off the fucking tracks on this concept. Yeah, yeah the suspenders it, do not stay up. Yeah, no. Uh, I I this is the third time that I watched it for this, uh, this podcast and boy, oh boy, like my eyeballs went to every last pixel mm-hmm. of bad CGI. Oh like my God, it's every atrocious. time, every time the ears twitched, mm-hmm. like just something shriveled up in me. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> they, they did not have to make the ears twitch. I, 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 I realize that real cats, like the ears are constantly moving, but mm-hmm. they could have just put, fake ears on them but no i can say okay those are not real ears those ears are computer generated on these people's heads and it's it's so it, in this bizarre attempt to make these things seem real it, it's actually becomes some sort of like like uh uh, uh dr moreau kind of experiment right. where yeah. in the in the in the in the play now i've not seen it done live but i've seen there was a uh, a fairly famous uh recording of one i think it still had uh betty buckley who was the original grizabella um, i think on broadway hd or broadway doc i can't remember yeah i've seen that they have that as well yeah it was was most of the original cast but they basically looked like you know bag lady cats you know they were just like people in leotards with kitty cat makeup and like doing like a bunch of shit thrown on them like tinsel and jackets Mm -hmm. and and you know giant scarves and shit and here it's people wearing cat suits very tight that leave nothing to the imagination they're either naked or they're taking off their own skin or they're jason derulo right or they're wearing sneakers Oh my god! Or, or they're wearing dancing. they're wearing jewelry, and and <sighs> you, you know, or or you've got uh, uh, Idris Elba wearing who's also the only cat that has cat eyes, which mm-hmm. is which is like it, it's like well, some of these cats are going to look more like real cats, and some of these people are just going to look like they're naked but with cat ears. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think it's that the inconsistency of that is one of the more pressing issues of it's, so so many. I mean, if to drill down on this, just the very idea that cats is a a very unreal concept. And Mm -hmm. despite its incredibly fashy underpinnings of its structural society, the death cult involved in it, um, (laughs) the unwavering loyalty to a leader who's very capricious and is like, sing and dance for your chance to live again. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and that oh. basically, basically, Grizabella has been sort of, uh, you know, ousted from the community because it's implied, I guess, that she became a cat sex worker. 
She's like a fallen woman because she yeah. went with the wrong she, dude. She went with McCavity. But McCavity, meanwhile, is allowed to saunter around polite society, mm-hmm. kidnapping people, apparently able to do magic at wanton times. In the text of the play, any song, it is referred that McCavity has, quote, broken every human law. Every mm-hmm. single one, from murder to jaywalking, <laughs> everything in between. To tear the tags off a mattress. <laughs> the worst crime of all. <laughs> and so, oh, oh, my God. And then the skin element of it, oh. that now that they are kind of almost real, very humanoid, realistic cats, mm-hmm. makes it very fetishy. Oh, yes. And the variance of who is more cat-like to who is a sort of uh, just a person in a cat costume. Like, James Corden is a guy in a cat costume. Yeah, Right, like, then, James, like James Corden and, and Rebel Wilson are very much, for better or for worse, mostly for worse, uh, yeah. kind of playing the whole thing for laughs. And whereas, playing themselves. Right. Yes. Whereas you've got this lead girl, uh, uh, Victoria is a character. I don't remember the name of the actress because she does no. nothing except occasionally stand on her toes and look very confused at whatever's happening, which is fine because I do too. Because she is confused. She's the audience surrogate. An mm-hmm. audience surrogate for cats. But, but she <laughs> and, and some of the other, like this one character, Monkey Strap, just looks so fucking ready to fuck at any minute of the time, <laughs> at any second in this movie. And it's just mm-hmm. such a weird tonal clashing. Like this Jellicle Ball thing is half sort of dance review and then it becomes a fucking orgy. <laughs> if only. If there had been more fucking in this movie, I think it would be a bit more tolerable, question mark. So many confused sexualities are going to come as a result of this movie. Like, pity the furry generation of, you know, 2030 who had to learn about their fetish from this fucking monstrosity. You know, like this, like this you know, charming you, you know, play that, you know, is good for the family. There's a scene where you, during the Rum Tum Tugger song where, like, like Victoria like puts her foot up on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, wow, that's uh that's very unsubtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I think the Jason Derulo element of this is weirdly one of the more confounding characterizations not due to his performance, which I think he's giving his all in. He's trying. But the fact that he's the middle ground between the, I'm just an actor playing a cat and I'm very much still the actor and the, I'm completely a cat. I've, I have no human characteristics. I'm simply the human personification of a cat. And he's in the middle because it's like, as we said during the thing episode, his dick is pretty prominent <laughs> underneath the cat costume. He's the only one that is not wearing a cup. I mean, bless Jason Derulo for giving us VPL in a fucking potential Oscar nominated film. 
I mean, poor, poor Idris Elba. Like, like I said, the the episode we brought this up, he just looks like a Ken doll. He is smooth. Yes. 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 And he's the one person I don't want to be smooth. <laughs> right? It, I, that's the thing about this movie. It gives you the exact opposite of what you might want at any given point. There's just, it's hard to believe there's any sort of film. And I think this is why it kind of now has this cult phenomenon to it. Because it is so rare to come across a movie whose instincts are pointed in the most entertaining and opposite direction to its goals mm-hmm. you've ever seen in your life. And that's <laughs> so expensive, like, too. Oh, yes. Like, Just, how do you spend $100 million and multiple years an Oscar-nominated director? How do you get to here without someone realizing this is absolute shit? We cannot release this. <laughs> I think they were all in. It was a penny in a pound. It, you, They could not imagine throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, how many of these can I throw at? Metaphors can I throw at this? Um, let's take a quick history, and then we'll we'll wind right back into Cats, the movie. So for those who, who are uninitiated, um, the text really comes from T.S. Eliot, uh, one of the OG incels. Uh, he was... <laughs> supposedly according to to history unable to be in the same room as a woman or he would suffer what he liked to call nervous sexual attacks so you know he was a good type i was gonna say uh you know unwanted boners Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah he didn't even want the boners he did have he wrote uh a book called Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats for his young nieces and nephews about an insanely rigid system of cat culture where different cats could be easily nailed to a stereotypical wall, much like his personal belief that different races and religions should be separated into ethnocentric states. Mm. Yes, he had brain worms. He was <laughs> super cool with fascism and Hitler. He was also a virulent homophobe. I mean, we're just talking the swellest of fucking dudes. So what you're saying is in this day and age, he would have a podcast on Spotify. Oh, yeah. No, he would he would have a a a video series on PragerU for sure. (laughs) He would tell the old old possum's book of practical fascists. Ah, delightful in every iteration. Yeah, he would he would tell people who are woke to screw off and just cry in his hands about someone trying to just live their fucking life. Cancel him on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. He's the fucking worst. So now we're coming into the uh, late 1970s and the musical version of this is created by Andrew Lloyd Webber. I mean, he's not alone in this, but he's coming hot off the more than a decade of success with his former partner, Andrew Rice. They penned uh, music and lyrics for shows like Jesus Christ Superstar, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, uh, the concept album turned show Vita. So the world is this guy's fucking oyster. And he pairs with producer Cameron McIntosh, director Trevor Nunn, choreographer Jillian Lynn uh, to create Cats. And for the longest time, this show held the record for being the longest running show on Broadway mm-hmm. and on the East End of London. For quite a while. And I think it has to do with its kind of taking the concept from the previous record holder, a chorus line. 
another uh, show in which you have a long line of people and they're like, introduce yourself and sing a song about who you are. And, and that one, I feel like, uh, there's, there's a lot of hooky songs in the chorus line. Mm-hmm. I just, I kind of like it more as a show than cats, but to each their own. I mean, who really cares? Cats, the, sh- the, the Broadway show I think is like worth your ticket money. Um, but then it's run so long. Everyone's kind of scrambling. Like, how do we turn this into a movie musical? Steven Spielberg buys the rights with the idea. I'm going to animate it. And I don't know if that would have saved it, to be honest uh, with you. Maybe, maybe. Um, I, you know, Steven Spielberg is kind of a miracle worker in a lot of ways. Certainly he knows how to direct a musical. If you saw, uh, uh, you know, West Side Story, it's a great. Uh, Actually life. legitimately good. Like I, and I love that original. Uh, I know it, it's hokey in a lot of respects. Um, they both suffer from a Tony problem. Mm-hmm. Tony's just a real drip of a character. Uh, I don't think either version is good, but uh, holy shit, that version of West Side Story that came out last year was so fucking good. So good. Yes. And when you compare that to Cats, it's like, holy shit. Um, Maybe, maybe Spielberg could have rescued this, but I don't Mm. know. They're just legitimately different types of shows and the decisions that are made here are mm-hmm. ruinous. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's kind of an overused phrase, and I'm guilty of it myself, but there's that phrase, oh, they made some choices. Yeah. yeah. That that's that does not apply to anything as much as it applies to cats. And I think that's why this version has a chance to live forever in a way, because no one's prepared for this. Like, you can have an idea of what Cats was or going completely cold. No matter what it is, if you're watching with other people, there's bound to be a point very early on where you start to push back from whatever device is playing the movie and you're trying to force your way through a wall like that Homer Simpson meme of him backing up through a bush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like at certain points, your mind just breaks because you can't conceive what you are seeing anymore. Like, I just felt like I was continually going into a fugue state. Like, did I take an edible and I didn't realize it? I don't know. (laughs) Well, for me, like I said before, it's the it's the inconsistency where Mm. this movie is so CGI'd beyond time and reason Mm-hmm. And yet nobody stopped for a second to think that they should edit out the snot running out of out of uh, uh, Jennifer Hudson's nose when she's singing. That blew my mind when 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 I saw I actually saw this in the theater on Christmas Day. Ooh. This is how this is how I celebrated. This is how I celebrated the day of Christ's birth in 2019 <laughs> was by taking my family to go see Cats. And I'm looking at. You know, we're sitting in the front seat. Her face is very large. 
Uh, And just the snot is just running out of her nose. And I appreciate that she got so into seeing this that she cried. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that's fine. Lots of people's noses run when they cry. My nose runs when I cry. But it did not occur to them for a second. Well, maybe we should take this, you know, this technology that we're using on every square inch of the rest of this movie and, and wipe her nose with it. And no, nobody does that. But Gina, they didn't have time. They only finished the visual effects like a minute before the film oh, got delivered. To oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know how some people could say like, you know, oh, they remember seeing the Beatles on the on the Ed Sullivan show or, you know, being able to say they were at Live Aid. I actually saw the cut where, where uh, the Dame butthole Ju- cut? Dame, not the butthole cut, but the Dame oh. Judy's human hand with her wedding oh. ring cut. Yes. <laughs> So many infamous cuts of this film. None of them good. There's no amount of refining to get you to the other side of, well, that was worth it. Mm -hmm. It's all just, it's, I mean, which dimension would you rather be trapped in? Hellraiser or cats? (laughs) Oh, we all know the answer. It's obviously Hellraiser. Come on. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, mean, I think in Hellraiser they actually, you know, do fuck on occasion. Right, but, right. You know, in, in in this world, they just kind of like roll around and like moan and groan. Yes, it's a lot of uh, faux nuzzling, like coming close to nuzzling, but then backing off, and occasional stroking. It's just <laughs> oh god, <laughs> and it sounds like a a, a moog orgy on top of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And one of the things I cannot get past is the sliding scale yes. of how big the cats are. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that, that problem with consistency again. Right. It's massive. They just could not decide on a scale. And as a result, the cats can go from a foot tall to four feet tall Mm -hmm. and every time it moves back and forth it becomes more frightening because i don't know what it means and no one is there to tell me or hold my hand and i'm just scared all i want are answers and no answers are forthcoming (laughs) yeah i mean you know each viewing offers up more questions that go unanswered yes Mm mm-hmm I watched this with my mom this morning because I couldn't watch it by myself. Like you, Patrick, I was scared and I needed someone present. I needed a consenting adult. And her mind was just frequently blown by the disproportionate proportions of this film. Like at one point we see Victoria when she's hanging out with uh, Mungo Jerry and Teaser, and they're like bouncing around this bedroom. And you know that something is wrong because the sizes just don't connect. Like your brain is melting and frying. The synopses are dying as you're watching the scene. But at one point they put a string of pearls over Victoria's neck and she ends up getting caught to a bedpost or some shit. And you're just like, what size are these pearls? Are these pearls meant to be for a human being because they look cat size? And right. But not. Yes. It just it doesn't work. None of it works. And you're like. I don't, I just don't understand the decision making at any point. It's so confounding. Just the size, when she holds up the knife and fork Mm -hmm. and they're different sizes, but she's now suddenly smaller. Like it looks like she's a mouse. 
they just needed to define a scale and her getting caught on that bedpost. And it just becomes like a Michael Hutchins in excess situation. (laughs) I, it's just, uh, it's not, it's not cool. Thank God we never see the dog. Oh my God. Because the, I just don't think I could handle seeing what this world's version of a dog is because they managed to ruin not only cats, but mice mm. and then cockroaches. Oh my God. Oh, oh. my God. This, this is, this, this, this is the moment when I saw it in the theater. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit back and just kind of let this wash over me. <laughs> yeah, that was the point that I knew, you know, because initially you you get the the Jellicle song, the overture, the prologue, and you're like, OK, yeah. Yeah. something isn't quite right, but whatever. I'm going to try to go with it. The naming of cats. OK, you know, we're seeing how the actors are moving. They obviously went to cat school. Our eyes are maybe adjusting to the costuming and what the fuck is going on with their genitals. But then, yeah, we get to Jenny and. We get to Jenny Any Dots and we get these fucking mice, these fucking cockroaches. She, she, she unzippers her own skin to reveal a tap costume underneath. And that's when I'm like, wait, how long is this movie? Oh, fuck. I've got an hour and 45 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> it really throws you into a deep end really fast with Jenny Any Dots. Because the, the I mean... To go from zero to 60 of these dancing, singing cats, like mm-hmm. I, I, I had an idea of what I was getting into. And the sliding scale of, of how they look or interact at any given point. And then, like, in the middle of the first song, the our Victoria, our audience surrogate cat, starts singing along. And mm-hmm. the entire movie, the entire movie stops to say, What? Mm-hmm. She knows the words. <laughs> yes, you're all in the fucking music, movie musical. Am I going crazy? And the, the answer is yes, mm-hmm. I yes. am going crazy. <laughs> this movie's going to take me there. <laughs> this is the last thing you see yeah. before you have a full-on Toby Hooper, I've lost connection with reality moment. And I'm just left a crying, sniveling mess in an unfinished pool of skeletons. That's where (laughs) this movie takes you. And then Jenny Any Dots is like, by the way, I have mouse and cockroach slaves Mm -hmm. that I occasionally eat. Yes. That I, I have Enjoy you, my uh, comedy, everyone. I, I have taught you to you know to sing and dance and play drums mm-hmm. in this vermin-infested house that my humans, my human owners apparently are not aware of. What what kind of hell space is this kitchen mm-hmm. that is run by a cat who is? It not only allowed these mice and cockroaches to live, although occasionally feasting on them. Yeah, but she's like, I got to get out of this kitchen. Yes, we all have to get out of this fucking kitchen. Mm-hmm. This is how can anyone live like this? How is this life for anyone? I, I one thing that I always uh, you think is a reason why a lot of Broadway musicals don't quite manage to make the jump over to film very well. And again, West Side Story being the exception, that was a, a extraordinarily well done adaptation. But it, the additional dialogue doesn't usually, if ever, work. Mm-hmm. And here it's it's all a bunch of cat puns. You know, it's yes. like it's oh like boy. you know, cat got your tongue. Uh, my favorite one is when uh, uh, 
Jenny Any Dots is escaping from um, McCavity's henchman. She says, don't mess with the crazy cat lady. It's oh. like, uh, that's not what a cat lady is. A cat lady is no. a human. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, well, let's, you know, let's you know, shoehorn in as many jokes about cats as we can into the dialogue that isn't necessary because a musical. Yeah. Well, I find the humor in this even more perplexing because it's always aimed almost at children or families. And I appreciate that this film was intended to be an Oscar contender, right? They wanted to make this four quadrants for everyone, but primarily like we were looking for family dollars and awards recognition. So mm-hmm. I, in principle, I understand it. But when you watch the movie, I can't imagine any children or young audience being entertained by this. But clearly, like, this sequence cues us to say, oh, yeah, we're going to do a bunch of really stupid pratfalls and make cat puns as though kids will like this. And you just think, no, you don't even understand who this movie is for because it doesn't work for any audience. Right. This is where... The Rebel Wilson, James Corden of it all oh really God. comes to a head. Insufferable. Because they're practically doing a fishtail Shrek level mm-hmm. to the audience. Yes. It's everything people hate about Marvel movies, where someone in a Marvel movie goes, the fuck? What is all this superhero shit? <laughs> that. I don't, I'm not, not a fan of, of that. Like, well, the worst whole, whole, Doctor that. Strange was Illumin, Illuminati hootie or whatever the fuck he says. It's like, are, are, you're telling me some crazy superhero shit is going on here? Yes, motherfucker, you are a wizard. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing. These people are like, isn't it dumb that we're in a bunch of cat costumes? No, I paid $18 to watch you in cat costumes. So fucking do it already. Sell it. God damn right. it. Exactly. I, I I will say that everybody else in this movie with the, again, the exception of the, the actress who plays Victoria, who again, just looks like literally looks like she was thrown onto the set in a bag before it started filming <laughs> because she just like, what, where, where am I? What, who? <laughs> she got old boyed into this movie. Exactly. <laughs> just you know, she you know woke up in a stupor with some cat ears, or at least you know, you know little you know, green balls where cat ears were supposed to go later on her head, and just mm-hmm. like you know somebody you know motioning at her, just, go ahead act, and then <laughs> you know, but they you know everybody else is is committing to the bit. You know, they're yes. making eyes at each other. They're rolling around. And it's like, you know, whereas Rebel Wilson and James Corden are, well, we're plus size people. Let's shake our butts to the camera. The audience will love mm-hmm. that. Yes. They, and can you believe they put us in this movie? And isn't this ridiculous? And I'm like, yes, but you're not helping. No. You're not helping. You're not making the landing any softer. You're just making it all weirder than it needs to be. And then, yes, the dis- like why she doesn't just twirl and a dress magically appears. Instead, they're like, I've got a great gag for you, Rebel. Mm-hmm. Unzip your body and <laughs> you have a secondary skin that includes a cocktail dress. It's, it's horrifying. Like- Absolutely and then, she terrifying. Do, and then she does it again later mm-hmm. to to That's how she saves her own life. She apparently has this tap dancing costume on under her skin all the time. All the time. 
Oh my God. Jesus. In heaven. And you, know, you know, I'm sure people will see this right now and say, oh, it's, you know, it's a musical. You're not supposed to look for realism. No, I understand that. But musicals aren't supposed to be disturbing. And, and right. th- th- this is just a very, it's, it's, it's a very unpleasant movie to look at. Like it's, it's. Yes. It's, visually. It, yeah. It's funny sometimes. It's very weird. It's, but it's also just, it's not a, it doesn't look good. You Mm-mm. where where where's all the money? Where where did all the money? Well, I realize all the money went into the CGI. I realize that, but it's not good CGI. No, like no. like you could see the like you could you could see the absolute line between where their heads end and where the CGI ears start. There's there's no yes. there's there's you know there's there's no seamlessness to it. There's no blending. It's just these things on their heads. They're like twitching they're moving like like antenna yeah it's so uncanny valley and it, you know we keep making jokes as like oh i felt like i was high oh it was scary and terrifying oh you know it just it it broke my brain and it's because when you're watching it you can't even get lost in the fantasy because you're just constantly taken out of the moment by how unrealistic it like it just does not work so even in the scenes where i'm like oh the dancing is good here oh the problem is is that i can see where their feet literally are not touching the ground because the (laughs) ground is cgi like so every moment you're just constantly visually distracted by something that isn't working so you can't even get lost in a fantasy right like like i will say that the, the the backgrounds look pretty nice but also, it is very easy to see that none of those people are actually there. Mm-hmm. That the, oh, the, yeah. the 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 backgrounds were digitally created, and then the people were added later. Yeah, um, yeah, and because their size constantly changes, even things that are practical sets, like the 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 threesome dance of let's let's steal be gay and do crimes. <laughs> <laughs> That it makes no sense. The Jenny Any Dots sequence doesn't make any sense because the sliding scale of how big they are at mm-hmm. any given moment is so unmooring. You don't, your eye doesn't know what to believe. What is the size of a table in relation to the size of a windowsill? Mm-hmm. These are things I shouldn't be wondering while watching your movie. Yeah. And yet you and constantly yet, are. Yes. I, I it just it does break your brain after a certain point, and then every once in a while, someone will say something that just unmoors you, like when McCavity uses the "they say" gambit, like Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Is this in the text? Is this does, is this something they added for this version to make him automatically the villain?" Mm-hmm. Why does he wear a hat and a coat? And why do some cats wear shoes? Mm-hmm. And other cats are like, I just fucking raw dog it all day, <laughs> right? every day, baby. Yeah, like when Taylor Swift shows up, as though that isn't distracting enough, even though, yes, she contributed an original song to help uh-huh. ingratiate the audience to this uh, Victoria character, whatever, right. whatever. Um when she starts strutting and it becomes a weird Taylor Swift music video, but all yeah. I can do is look at the fact that she's wearing fucking cat size heels. 
I don't understand because we also see, uh, you know, either Mungo Jerry or, or Rumple Teaser or maybe Mr. McCavity get lost in human size heels when he's trying yeah. to rescue Victoria earlier. I'm like, so there's human heels, but also cat size heels. Who makes the cat heels? I'm oh god, I just can't. I cannot do this. I, I, I do. Like, I do. I do like. I do like her little her little uh, spangled catnip dispenser though. That that's pretty cool. Yeah. But again, where does she get that? Why does she have boobs and no one else has boobs? Yes. Like I, I don't understand why can't we just be consistent at least? Right. Just it's like if there's if. There's just not a huge difference between male and female cat bodies. And I'm okay with that. They can all be kind of a unisex sleekness or furriness, mm -hmm. but it is real fucking odd that when I'm staring at Jason Drulo's wiener and we know he lists right, that's, that's information I don't need to know. I mean, some I'm of us would cats. say that is information we need to know. But, you know, if you're going to do it for one, do it for all. I need to know which way this cast is. Exactly. If, if I'm going to see dick, why don't I see it everywhere? Why is it under the skin? I don't know. That's mm -hmm. another thing about their biology I don't get. But why Taylor Swift was like, listen, people need to know that I've got a juicy rack. Yes. That is not information I need to know in cats. Other places, that's perfectly acceptable. Here, it's unnecessary and overly distracting to what is already an insanely distracting narrative. Yeah, but then apparently the butthole is too much if it is to be right. believed that there ever was a butthole cut. <laughs> this gets us to the confounding nature of Tom Hooper as a director. Ugh, because... I mean, when I saw that one cut of the Les Mis song where it's you're just holding on uh, now Anne Hathaway, name, of course, Anne Hathaway. When you're holding on her singing that song in close up, I was like, and she's doing it live mm -hmm. while they're cutting her hair. I'm like, you know what? This brings a verisimilitude to this song and this moment I have not seen before. Mm -hmm. What And I found that to be a revelation. And then when I watched the rest of the movie, Ugh. I was like, holy fuck, that's the only good decision this fucker made. Mm -hmm. And it, he, I've never seen someone coast for so long, for so far, on making one decision right. And then he just gets to this movie and he, he cannot manage to find that one decision that goes well. And as a result, everything is just, it's just floating in space like it's inception. It just doesn't go, it, the narrative doesn't, isn't there. And the show itself doesn't have a fucking narrative. So you're really lost. It's just a bad decision fest. It's the domino theory of you, you're out of your league. Well, I'm curious, how do you two feel about Judy Dench? Because I'm willing to bet that Hooper thinks that that is the kind of magnum opus creative decision in this film. Like people have recognized that most things did not go right here. But, you know, mm -hmm. ooh, gender flipped, old Deuteronomy. Uh, at least we got Judy Dench, damn Judy Dench, to say <laughs> a cat is not a dog. Direct address <laughs> to the camera. Oh, my God. That yeah, you know, and I, I just got a 
brand spanking news annex prescription from my my doctor <laughs> and when i was watching it last night i mean i you know again this is the third time i watched it i i knew this was coming mm-hmm. uh but you know this movie has more false endings than the return oh of the king God. um oh. there's at least like there's at least three different times where you can say okay you can stop here yeah, okay. just wrap it up. Yeah. Wrap this here. motherfucking uh, one hour and 50 minute movie you, up. You could, you could stop here. It's still going. But when she mm-hmm. just stops, looks at the camera, I'm like, where's the pill bottle? Where's the pill bottle? <laughs> um, because, like, she is turning to the audience and telling a shit we already know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, dude, can I, can I call you Dame Judy? Who is saying that cats are dogs? <laughs> and also you need to respect the names the cats have given themselves or that they will respond to as though we didn't watch 20 of these motherfuckers introduce themselves over the last yes. hour and 50 minutes well, and well, well, she's I love, lounging I love... while being stroked while she's oh, giving this information <laughs> just right down the barrel of the fucking camera at you is interminable I mean I just it it, it feels like one of those paintings that stares at you the other night we were at a restaurant and they had a, a, a giant painting of John Wayne with oh. those eyes that just barrel at you. And you're like, nice. I don't feel comfortable with John Wayne looking at me like that. Now here's a person who's festooned in twitching ears and fur mm-hmm. whisper singing at me. Oh my God, the whisper sing. Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, I do, appreciate, I do appreciate that the whole entire point of this two-hour-long movie is that while you may name your give your cats names like you know Bill and Orange Julius or whatever, that you know, <laughs> the, the, the 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 cats you know will name themselves you know stuff like you know Schmuckle Chunk and and <laughs> you, you know you know you know Sir Sir Flisk and stuff like that. You you have to respect that those are their actual names. <laughs> you know that they yeah. may they may come when you call them Bill. But that's not their real name. Yeah. Right. I'm listen. My gangster name, my non-government name, is Smuckle Chump, and you will respect it. You'll bow to me when you enter the fucking room. Ay ay ay. Oh my god. They only call me Bill because it fit on the tag. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the, the cats are very catty to one another. So that oh. is probably oh, yeah. the like one super, thing They're that like makes sense. super shitty. Like, like poor, <laughs> poor Grisabella just comes staggering over in her bag lady outfit. And the other cats are like. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like what's this high like, school shit, man? What did they, she fucking do? And like they whisper to one another like that cat's, you know, that coat. That that gives it away that she's poor. Mm-hmm. Why do coats? Why why do cats have coats at all? Why do you have money? What, what is this? <laughs> yeah, there's street what is cats. The economy it, here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's street cats. Isn't there supposed to be some nobility and like getting you know getting your food out of the trash and all? Well, mm-hmm. you would think from the James Corden song that I mean, and by the way, that's the first time I've ever appreciated Heathcliff, the cartoon character <laughs> in my entire life. I was like, Heathcliff got it right, whereas this gets it wrong. And I'm like, think what you're saying, Patrick. Think what you're th- consider what you're writing down. Well, I, I mean, I get the impression that like 
don't think very highly of cats that you live in houses like that whole like gumby cat thing is you know, basically yeah. gum, you know, gumby gumby cats are you know, lazy pieces of shit yes <laughs> fat and lazy this this yeah. movie is basically classist and fat phobic in a oh, movie yes. about cats but like grisabella <laughs> who's like you know literally a bag lady cat like they they mm-hmm. they just don't want to be around her she she's she's cat soda non grata this movie is like doing cocaine and tequila when you want to keep it cool at a funeral no part of it is a good plan the the point you're trying to make is lost and then your method of getting there is just crazy pants and nothing typifies this more for me then McCavity, a character who kidnaps people, apparently can do magic, mm-hmm. and when he disappears, decides to just say any old word. It doesn't have to be one word because it's like five different words when he disappears in a whoosh. At one point, he just goes, meow, mm-hmm. and disappears. No, I like my favorite when part he- is when is when he kidnaps a uh, uh- uh, Ian McKellen, who's fucking terrible in this. Oh my oh, god! He's, wow. I mean, yeah. I love him, but he's just. I, well, you know what? They're all terrible. I, I can't. I can't singularly call him out. But when, here's when, the thing. Uh, I, I'm gonna let you continue in one moment. My my conceit is that actually he's fantastic because he's the only one who knows he's in a piece of shit. <laughs> all right, that's that's fair. I, I will. I will. I will give you that. But I do like mm-hmm. when he, because again, a problem with the inconsistency of the quote unquote plot of this movie mm-hmm. is that everybody knows who McCavity is. He literally yes. has like, beware this cat signs all over the place. And then yeah, he, he's wanted by the cat police. Mm-hmm. Right. For some he, reason. He, he, he kidnaps people, other cats basically by being like, psst, psst, hey, you. Come over here, hey. and and like they're like they're, they they wander over like they don't know who he is, mm-hmm. and then they get close <laughs> enough that he just like you know goes poof and they and disappears them, and I yeah. I, I like what he does this to to Ian McKellen's character because all you hear McCavity, it's out of Monty Python. It it's is. what is the unfortunate connection here because. Things happen that are straight out of flying circuits that only make sense when a person holds up a small cardboard sign that says joke on it. (laughs) But that would suggest that this is a knowing farce. And yet every ounce of this film feels like they think it's very sincere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The earnestness is off the charts. And, and yet you have like fucking comedy bits in the middle, in the middle of songs that have no place there. It's like if you went to see a Shakespeare play and they started a herald in the middle of the show, mm-hmm. like, okay, these are two staged presentations, but they have nothing to do with one another. And they're both the opposite tone of what the other is trying to do. And it's like, come on, everyone. It's cats. Yes. But the vast majority of people who you want to see this movie have no real idea what cats is. Yeah, yeah. it's or they're so beholden <laughs> to the idea of what it should be that you couldn't let any of this go. So you felt like you had to include everything from the musical in it, 
and then right. also produce an original song so that you could definitely get that uh, best original song nomination at the Golden mm-hmm. Fucking Globes. <laughs> and then also allow people like, yes, Rebel Wilson and James Corden to do their own schlocky, funny bits. And it it's so overstuffed with bad ideas and bad content. You're just like, you needed to parse this down. Like, I think a 90-minute version of this movie might have been a little bit enjoyable. Like you could have found some saving graces, but honestly you turn it on, you see that runtime and then your brain starts to fry and you just think, no, why would you do this to me? (laughs) Yeah. If it ended after memory or the railway cat thing, Mm -hmm. you'd be fine. You're going out on a high. (laughs) Yes. Just move railway cat right up in there mm-hmm. forget about magical mr mistopheles it's one lyric repeated over and over and over for no particular it's a dirge just get all that squish it down mm-hmm. have memory happen heavy side layer you don't need the 10 minute monologue about cats aren't dogs yeah just slingshot a fucking oscar winner jennifer hudson into the sun <laughs> and be done with it <laughs> That this ends with a ritualistic death like it's the Wicker Man. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, that's what the show is. I get it. But it's a real fucking weird ask that everyone is competing to be reborn, including cats who seem to be having a perfectly good time just doing what they do. And they're like, but, you know, maybe I get reborn. Into what? Why does McCavity want to be reborn? Mm -hmm. He's living his best life. He's a notorious gangster. He gets to hang out and fuck Taylor Swift and get high and do crimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are you complaining about? (laughs) What the fuck is his problem? And then you got Ray Winstone, who shows up in this. With a, I'm a cat AI. And you're like, what the fuck is this from? None of these things have anything to do one another. And then the railway cat is like, I look like a bartender from Brooklyn. And you're like, okay, sure. You wear pants. Why not? (laughs) You have a mustache. Go for it. You have a mustache and you wear a tiny cap. And everyone gets into bed in a train. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then they, once you land in that fucking theater, anything that happens in that theater, with the exception of the railway cat tap dancing, you can lose. I'm sick of that place. I can't believe we are stuck in there for nearly an hour. Ugh. It's a crime against humanity. Although I will say cats. that the, the Jellicle Ball is maybe the best example of dancing in the film. Like if we're trying mm. to find good things to praise, we've got sure. Jennifer Hudson killing memory snot and all gina but then we've got the jellicle (laughs) ball which i think succeeds because it just allows these talented dancers to dance and the same with the railway cat because we get a decent tap dance out of it even though that transition from the ball to suddenly just a giant endless railway track to nothing makes no (laughs) fucking sense at all and the size of the train car they're in oh my God. is is just like is basically uh, it doesn't make any fucking sense. The size of the cats inside the bed. Mm-hmm. Why do it at all? Why not just have happy dancing? And then during the Taylor Swift bombolina section, there's 
all these movements in which she's shaking her hips, mm -hmm. it's but real you're bad. seeing her from her shoulders up. If you have a lyric about hips and you choreograph <laughs> hips, go, go crazy. Perhaps I should see the hips for the hip based lyric. And, and Tom Hooper's like, no, straight into camera as close as I can get to this fucker. And you're like, why? What is the point? Why did you sign on to this dance show unless you're going to show me dance? Mm -hmm. And he's like, uh, I'm going to save it for this one thing. And you watch it. You're like, wow, that's a collection of very good dancers. But you barely get to see dance mm -hmm. half the time because he's so focused on getting right up close to this uncanny valley fur. He just yeah, it, can't I was gonna, stop him. I was going to say for, for an ensemble musical, there's a lot of tight close-ups. In, yeah. in, in, he does in, not in know how to movie. shoot dancing at all. No. He doesn't know how to shoot dancing, and he is high on his own supply from that Les Mis sequence. Mm -hmm. He's gotten into the would, catnip. Right. <laughs> Very much so. And that catsnip is the smell of his own farts. <laughs> <laughs> and as a result, he cannot give up on this, this revolutionary idea that he had for this one movie and this one sequence where it worked. And then we all have to suffer for it for an hour and 48 minutes of torturous hell. <sighs> if you told me that that magic cat was Robert Pattinson as the Batman... I would believe you. <laughs> Mr. Mistopolis. Yes. Mr. How dare Mistopolis. you? That twunk played Will on that canceled <laughs> William Shakespeare show. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mistopolis, I will say, uh, uh, for me at least, is the, you know, the, the most tolerable character. In mm -hmm. the in the in the movie, because he's kind of he's kind of adorable and is incompetent. Yeah, he's a nice little guy. Yeah, and and he's <laughs> he's not making weird faces at people like Monkey Strap. I really hate Monkey Strap because oh, he's a judgy motherfucker. Well, he one. he's judgy and he's creepy. He's constantly making fuck eyes at every single other character. He's like, I'll take you. I'll take you too. I don't care. I need to fuck. Well, is, and is it supposed to be a romantic triangle? Face. Is it supposed to be a romantic triangle between him and Victoria and Mistopheles? I, I they live in a polyamorous. I society. think uh. it's. I think it's initially is, and then when Mister Mistopheles is able to to bring back old Deuteronomy, Victoria's like, "Well, I guess I'll go with you." <laughs> <laughs> but Victoria, you, you but, but, but Victoria also seems very suggestible. So you know, I think that if. If Monkey Strap brought her a beheaded mouse, she'd be like, well, I think I'll go with you now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, a date at the cat at the milk bar? I guess I'll go with you. Yeah, no, she's... Mm, like I said, she, she, just look, she just looks... Let's just say she, she looks suggestible. It's the born sexy problem, right? They've created a character that's naive about the world, but she's so naive that she's also... Like you said, highly suggestible. And on top of that, she's sexy as fuck. Mm -hmm. So you have this combination of a sexy idiot that they can mold. <laughs> into. She'll do crime one second with a threesome. And then the other's like, you can make magic happen. And you're like, 
He can? Yeah. Why can't he? And she's and he's like willing to it. rescue homeless cat ladies from the streets and give them a yes. second life or nine. Because she sees something in Jennifer Hudson. She's like, wow, what a performer. She's gotta die. <laughs> what <laughs> are she, you doing? She, she needs what to ascend to heaven happening? right now. Yeah. <laughs> she's my competition she's... on cat American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> something Hudson knows intimately. Again, I will reference, I don't know what episode I, I stated this in, but yes, one of the highest I've ever been in my life was at a taping of American Idol that turned into the Oprah Winfrey show. Oh my God. They did not tell us this was going to happen. And I don't know if, Joe, you've ever been super high in the same place Oprah Winfrey is, but she knew. <laughs> <laughs> she called you out on I, it. It may have been several rows back, but I she knew that I was high off my ass. Um she just turned yeah. she just turned and looked right at you like Dame Judy looks at the camera here. Like <laughs> she could smell what I had rolled out of a boogie van smelling like. Yes, 100 percent I think it was the first time I had ever hot boxed. Oh <laughs> man. Better me memories than this movie. The aughts were quite a time for Patrick Hamilton. McCavity! McCavity! Meow! How English is too English? Because I have a feeling that this movie is too fucking English. Mm. This railway song, again, speaks to a Monty Python sketch that eventually becomes the Californians. It's just really into trains in an unhealthy way i like i i like that sketch because it, it feels like it feels like <laughs> it's the only thing that actually feels like a broadway number to me oh true yeah because you're seeing fucking dancing there's two sequences that allow you to see the dancing and everything else you're either too close or too far away you know and he's not he's just dancing it's not not anything weirdly sexual it's just some mm -hmm. dude tap dancing and who doesn't who doesn't like what you know you know what movie isn't improved at least by 10 percent with with the incorporation of tap dancing right yes i will say i find this to be the most queer section of this highly weirdly queer film but mm -hmm. his outfit to me like a shirtless individual with suspenders and pants yeah. is like yes oh this is giving me a lot of like gay vibes and, and maybe and that a, also a, helps to contribute a, to the Broadway and the mustache <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that that guy has Straight had a few rides hang them. off that yeah, <laughs> yeah i just you know <laughs> the the taylor swift drugging an entire group of cats what is what is the benefit from her mm -hmm. like how does she how does McCavity like, hey, all right, baby, these, I got a job for you. Oh, you got, <laughs> you're going to go in there to the genital ball. You're going to get you everyone high. Did you just say the genital ball? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it, though? <laughs> might as well wrong, be. Might as well be. <laughs> well, and this is a deliberate change from the musical, because if you listen to the lyrics, this is meant to be a warning. Like, this is the overview yeah. of who McCavity is. He's evil. Don't trust him. And instead here, it's like, no, I'm a sexy accomplice with tits for days. I'm going to knock all yeah. these people out so that he can abduct her and put her onto a barge. Yeah, sure. sure. And then get her there and immediately go, 
I'm going to the heavy side layer. And she goes, no, no, I choose who it is. And you're never going to be chosen. And he's like, okay, I'm going to kill you. Yes. Which also defeats the purpose. Isn't going to get you what you <laughs> want at all. I can't have it. Nobody can. <laughs> And mean, and then you, and then Taylor Swift is—is is she trying to do a British accent? Oh yeah, because yeah, no, she's definitely trying to do a British accent. Just don't. the cavity Just don't is try. not there. <laughs> tap it, tap it, tap it. <laughs> which, which goes to like I, I do kind of love TikToks, you know, ongoing desire to make the world believe that Leah Michelle is unable to read. And one of the, <laughs> the proof of this is that when she learns songs, she learns the way the person who originally sang it sings it. So, uh, cause she can't read lyrics. Right. And that's why when she does British songs by people who affect a British a- a- accent, she does too. Right. There's the Lily Allen song smile that they did on Glee and she affects a British accent. And you're kind of like, why? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's, it's integral to Lily Allen, but, uh, she's not Lily Allen. And yet all of a sudden it's all way British then. And you're like, Oh, maybe she doesn't know how to do (laughs) this is very compelling. (laughs) And then I'm the QAnon guy. Well, I, I mean, think she, nothing, she, go ahead. Sorry. No, I've, I've got nothing. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think she is the only, the only person in the, in the cast who isn't British. So it would, yeah. it would probably mm. sound a little weird if she didn't have an accent, but she could be trans. First of all, she's never speaking. Right. So just sing the song. It doesn't, it, when you're singing the song, it doesn't matter, but the vast majority of people are not singing with British accents. Sure. Certainly Jason, I don't know what Jason Derulo was doing. Do you think he, do, which do, do you think he's happier by? The fact that um, no one blames him mm-hmm. for cats being terrible yep. he got or that free. he fell down the stairs at the Met. <laughs> like which one is the bigger accomplishment? I, I, I stand corrected. He is also American, but I, I feel yes. like in his, I, I feel like in his song, he's trying for you know, something. Yes. He might've watched Alfie one too many times, but he's definitely trying. Whereas Taylor Swift is too cool to try that hard. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you kind of get one of these, like, it's neither here nor there. She's much more interested in being Taylor Swift in a Cats movie yes. rather than Cats featuring Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. And the, the weird thing is, like, she's so involved in this production you have to imagine that either they latched onto her for the kind of cultural cachet, like we're going to bring in all the Taylor Swift fans with this, Mm -hmm. or she thought, I want to be tied onto this prestigious film, right? Like you got to think it's a big deal when people say, Hey, we're going to make cats a film for the first time. It's the longest running musical, blah, 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 blah. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, yeah. Like, do you maybe want to do more than a phoned in fucking performance while looking hot? Oh, no? Okay, no. then. Well, I, I feel like this was her, you know, not that anybody questioned her attractiveness before, but, you know, this was her, you know, all, and all, you know, 
female young female singers who start their careers when they're teenagers have this moment where they're like yeah well i'm an adult woman now mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you know this is kind of her you know this this is the platform she was going to use to introduce herself to audiences you know well you know i'm not just this you know sweet nice girl i'm a sexy woman now so yeah. here i am you know wearing a cat outfit and shaking catnip at people while singing mm-hmm. about a cat who tears the tags off of mattresses and might have killed people. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he's broken every human law, but he also cheats at cards, which they say twice. Mm-hmm. So like, he's obviously really burned the don't play cards with McCavity, but it's one thing to go from, he cheats at cards to kidnapping. Mm-hmm. And that's something he also engages in constantly. So it's a real doozy of a song and how they chose to accomplish it is bizarre. And then when you get to the end of any musical sequence in this back half, when you fight, when you're dead ass in this theater, it's either panting, just rhythmic panting mm-hmm. or they meow applause. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know which is worse. Sort of like the, uh, the cat equivalent of, uh, you back when people used to do like uh, beat poetry and everybody would snap their fingers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like all of a sudden they become Arsenio Hall's the dog pound, but the cat version. <laughs> and like, this isn't good. I, I don't know. It feels sarcastic. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I'm not sure which. Oh boy. When Rebel Wilson unzips her skin for the second time, mm-hmm. because it was so great the first time. And she's just able to get out of the chains that she has been bound in for now an hour. Mm -hmm. And they, like Gina mentioned before, the crazy cat lady pun here. And then then we resort resort to a, you know, hitting a dude in the balls joke. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Even though we've seen no evidence of balls in the film at all. At all, but he's definitely. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry. That's actually the second time a a a a male character getting hit in the crotch joke has been used. Oh, right, because also, James Corden did it. Right, right, he falls down, does a very prolonged oh joke as he falls <laughs> over. <laughs> Which is every James Corden <laughs> joke. Yeah, is him rolling around on the ground, grabbing where his ball should <laughs> going, be. Ooh. <laughs> I just realized this character reminds me of Mike Myers' Fat Bastard. Like, that's who yeah. James Gordon is doing. He's doing the cat version of Fat Bastard in that sequence, isn't and, he? I just, you know, yes. so you, I mean, and yeah, I realize this song is in, is in the show, but an entire song about how much he likes to eat. That's, mm-hmm. that's, his, that's, yeah. that's his entire character arc is I'm, you know, I, I whatever the fuck the character, I'm Buster for Jones and I like to eat. Yeah, it's I'm So Fat, the musical number. <laughs> it's like, well, Buster Joe's, I have yet to meet a cat that does not like to eat, so. And then at the very end of that section, McCavity lures him to a tall garbage can worth of food. Uh-huh. It's like, come on, you, you look like your skin and bones, you got to get over here. And all of a sudden it becomes Charlie in the fucking chocolate factory. Uh-huh. He just disappears down a tube. And everyone's like, all right. Bring on the Oompa Loompas. Let's, uh, let's talk oh, about something else, everyone. Oh, the cavity strikes again. Yeah, it's either that they, or it's Mario, right? Like, I'm a, 
I'm a surprised. You didn't say, oh, your princess is in another car. <laughs> and then when they bust out from the Ray Winstone, uh, you know, sequence of terror, the music, it's like, look out, danger. And there's ball shots and the action is sub big bad Beetleborgs. Mm-hmm. It just, I, I, you can't tell me that this was meant to be enjoyed without irony i just it's hard for me to believe you smack the ball that hard unintentionally but i think this is one of those magical films in which every dis and 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 everyone is trying they're they are aiming at a target and they nail it and then they pull back and like oh that isn't a target that was someone's car hood they just (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't fucking compute how they got from where they were going to this. Oh, oh my God. My brain is coming out through my nose. (laughs) What a delightful film. I'm so happy that I goaded the two of you into doing this after you did a five to 10 minute tangent during the thing. (laughs) (laughs) And yet the reaction to it, and yes, you were encouraging, but you weren't the only one. Anyone who's seen this, like, why are they talking about cats? Mm-hmm. Well, like can you all not, bad things we have to suffer through, <laughs> it was social media that goaded us into this right. and said, this is a great idea, everyone. We're not going to just do it on Patreon. This is a main feed episode, baby. Uh, yeah, I, I was listeners wondering, like, demand and deserve it. I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking, you know, should we do this as a commentary track? And then I was sure. like, no, because it would just be an hour and 50 minutes of us just screaming, just incomprehensible <laughs> screaming. Yeah. Alternating just with us meowing. going, Jesus H. Christ over yeah, and over Yeah, just again. what? What? What is this? <laughs> what? Why? The fucking why? hell? <laughs> and, you know, why not save that reaction for Rob Zombie's Halloween 2? Not the monsters. It looks great. Don't you know? It looks great. It looks just like the real monsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does it? Does it? I, I, At higher listen, brains I per second, yes. <laughs> the What they're doing, right? Their actions, like when they look like Sonny and Cher and they're singing, that feels like. That is the monsters. That is something that would happen on that fucking show. It's the way it's presented that I have a true problem with. Because you can't tell me that part of the aesthetic of the monsters was it was cheap. Mm. But they also filmed it on film on real sets. And this feels like he's using an iPhone 9 to capture all this shit. And it's, that's, I don't want that. It looks unfinished. It looks like you don't know how to light scenes. It just looks cheap and wrong. So cheap. Um, yeah. I, I it, it's not the jokes. I don't have a pro like everyone is costumed so well. Mm-hmm. That's infuriating. Grandpa Monster looks great. Oh yeah. The way he's filmed is shitty. That's a problem. You went through all the trouble of making these kick-ass-looking costumes. Everyone looks the way they're supposed to look, and you fucked it up by just using cheap-ass camera and bad lighting. That, I'm sorry. That's it's it's fucking. Oh my god. <laughs> How do you really it, feel though? You can't tell me 
that that he was going for a look that yeah nobody sets out <laughs> to say people are gonna compliment this film by saying it looks cheap yes <laughs> and that and you're honoring the great gift that was the monsters by making it look cheap no you can be goofy and you can be campy but there's no point in having its quality look bad just present it well. It it makes it seem like he made it in his backyard for a community college with an Oscar-winning costume designer. That just doesn't make sense to me. I can't celebrate it. I'm sorry. It it honestly if, just makes you want to go back and revisit like Mockingbird Lane, right? Right. But again, I feel like that comparison does a slight disservice to Mockingbird Lane because its goals were so ideally different right. than recreating the monsters for a movie. If anything, it should be compared to Monsters Go Home, which was a movie version of the TV show. It looks as good as Batman the movie. And that is, if you are giving me that level of quality in terms of presentation, I am fine with all the jokes. It's that you're literally served something that could be delicious in a in a bag covered in dog shit and go isn't this what you wanted no no it isn't (laughs) have i ranted about the monsters enough i mean before the (laughs) inevitable patreon episode yeah oh wow i mean it looks gina it looks like veronica it does (laughs) like i said it it looks like it's its own porn parody i i refer to it elsewhere as the homsters <laughs> <laughs> yes i think its own porn parody is a very apt description i think it is as misguided as verotica i i just it, it just truly looks of, of of poor quality and it does a complete disservice like that guy who's trying to play herman is absolutely playing Herman Munster, right? It's a fucking disservice to the work he's doing to present it in such a terrible package. I'm sorry, everyone. I can't get behind it. Not even for irony's sake, not to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. So any, any, <laughs> what a way to, 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 to wrap up our cats. I mean, the fact that this doesn't end like the wicker main is, is nuts. <laughs> like get in this chandelier balloon. <laughs> and now I hope I go, I hope I go like that. I hope I go like that. Oh, you sure. know, when I, when I, when I, you know, when I get my kidney transplant, things don't work out. I, I hope that I just, you know, ascend through the, the, the ceiling of the, the operating room in a, in a, you know, a shoddy old crystal chandelier. Tied to balloons. Mm-hmm. Like you're an up, you know, like Idris Elba, <laughs> Idris Elba hanging from the bottom. No, take me with you. Take me with you where I go. No. <laughs> Or the British thing. Ineffable. And then his magic is is now he doesn't have any fucking magic anymore because he grabbed onto a rope. Explain that. How does this work? <laughs> like at least have him get struck by work? lightning or something. I don't know. Uh yeah. Like yeah, a terrigen bomb, something for Christ's sake. So of course that brings us to, to choose your own heavy side layer <laughs> where we decide. Which of these death slash rebirths we would choose? You either have uh, 
ascend into the heavens in a chandelier and balloon setup, or you drowned in the Thames. So Gina, I think you've, you've made your decision. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm chandeliering it all the way through the pearly gates. And uh, Joe, what say you? Oh gosh, what what fantastic options! Uh, <laughs> I'll probably join Gina in the chandelier balloon factory, um, mm-hmm. but I think it's only because it's also a fate better than having to stay down there with Dame Judy Dench and just like be stroking her <laughs> as she mumbles her way through dialogue. Yes, uh, whisper sings. Yeah, they're the only way out of this that makes any sense. Because I'm not putting rocks in my pockets when I don't even have pockets and just drowning in the town. maybe you do, Patrick. We don't know. Maybe they also mm. have zipper pockets in these suits. It's <laughs> true. There's, there are no rules. It's chaos. It's like Mad Max. They're just like it's Obviously, there's a system in place. It's just unknowable, and there's no way you can work your way up. It's just uh, happenstance. It, oh my God, what a fucking motion picture. Um, Joe, mm-hmm. um, you are, are in charge of many, many podcasts. Why don't you tell our audience about all of them right now? Fantastic. Yeah. So I have uh, the big podcast, which is Horror Queers, which comes out every Wednesday. And you can find that at Horror Queers everywhere you get them. And then Gina and I have a side project with Jen Adams on the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network called White Ladies in Crisis. So we look at erotic thrillers. Sometimes we talk about physical, the Apple TV show. And then I also have a YA adaptation podcast, which occasionally delves into horror. And that is called the Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star. Yes, it's wonderful stuff. Uh, everyone should be following you for all that stuff. I, you're so damn busy in podcasting and you're so great at it. And we always love having you on the show, of course. Yeah, I must uh, say, I'm surprised one. that I'm the one who nabbed this because this does feel a bit more like a Megan episode. <laughs> but uh, take that, she got, Megan. She, I'm still climbing. She got she got Predator, though, so it breaks even. <laughs> yeah. And then we talked about Predator smut on Patreon. Nice. So I'll... <laughs> It's just, it's it, it's been a very Megan heavy year so far. <laughs> as much as we love having her on, we we destroyed her her search history. So oh yeah, <laughs> we really owe her a lot. Uh, Gina, where can people find you on these here internet? Well, as Joe mentioned, uh, I'm in a side project called White Ladies in Crisis. Uh, by the time this goes, now we'll still be talking about physical at this point, but we are next. Uh, our next project, we're going to be covering the Hulu miniseries Candy. Uh, oh, there's yeah. Two white ladies in Christ in that one. Um, oh. And I also yes. write about movies and television at thespool.net. And I am on Twitter under Gina Does Things. Do it today. People check it out. Josh Hollis does all of our artwork. Revenge Body does all of our themes. Go to revengebodymemphis at bandcamp.com to get all of our main themes and remixes. They're all fantastic right now. Um, All profits and proceeds uh, from those sales go to Memphis Choices, uh, helping people in the Memphis area get the health care they so rightly deserve. Uh, find us on social media, your Twitters, your Facebooks, your Instagrams. Uh, tell us what you think of cats. We'd love to hear about <laughs> why end this conversation and of course on patreon we're doing all sorts of specials like uh, talking about uh you know how pay uh 
predators fucking and what that means and how they do it in graphic, terrifying detail. And of course, and then lighter fare like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And, uh, you know, don't worry, folks. Right? The, the gore and the horror and the, the just the unnerving nature of the cinema we cover will return. Uh, the body count will continue for myself, for Joe, and for Gina. Goodbye, everybody. An apple. Bowl. <laughs>